0: So it's like the butterfly story, that little boy that finds a butterfly trying to get out of a cocoon and he sees that and he wants to break open the cocoon to help the butterfly, you know, move out of the cocoon faster. But the, the actual experience of the cocoon on the butterfly is the strength of the butterfly's wings to allow it to then fly on and have its life. So the butterfly actually dies because the wings aren't strong enough to, to go and live that life
1: welcome to the greg allen podcast thanks for joining us where we talk about life i truly believe that everyone has a story to tell and a lesson to teach and that's what this show is all about so if you're enjoying the show please head over and leave us a review it helps us connect inspire and help more people like you and I just want to do a big shout out to you for taking the time to grow and improve. So good on you. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck in life. Hey everyone, we're here today with Rebecca Neal. Really excited to have you on the show. How are you going?
0: I'm good. I'm excited too to, have, um, to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me on.
1: Yeah, you're Welcome. So what's been happening? What have what you been up to? And let's just talk about last week and then we're going to go back and we're going to talk about different things. But tell me about your last week.
0: We're going to dig deep, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was my 35th birthday yesterday, 35 laps around the sun. So um, that's pretty exciting. I did a little bit of... Um deep thinking into all the lessons that I've learned over the last um, 35 years. Well, probably not when I was one years old, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I spent the weekend in Byron and then last week it was just work. There's so much happening in my business at the moment, which is really exciting.
1: Cool. Looking forward to hearing about your business later in the thing. So what'd you, what you do on your birthday?
0: Um, I was down in Byron Bay, so Byron Bay is only like 50 minute drive from my place and it's such a nice getaway and at the moment there's no tourists around so it was awesome. Yeah,
1: that's where I live, I'm in Byron.
0: <laughs> oh, I knew, I didn't even know that, there yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. awesome, yeah, I was down at, um, we went to lunch at the beach uh, in Byron Bay.
1: Nice, yeah. It
0: was gorgeous and we stayed at uh, the Atlantic so it was really nice.
1: Cool. Awesome. So you said you, you recapped years of life. Can we dive into some of those points? You don't have to do all 35 of them, but
0: Um, yeah, we can. I think for me, it's just about, I think what I love to do is look back and look at the lessons, but in like short prompts so I can always share things. People are always asking me for my thoughts. Right. And so I'm really big on being, um, very conscious person in my relationships in my life in in everything that i do i guess and so i tune into the power of the universe and the faith of the universe and the trust in the universe so that's a big lesson for me you know no matter how challenging life is or whatever it is that you're trying to work through say the universe always has your back right that's my number one well it's not my number one i don't really have them in order but that is definitely up there with something that's really important to me. And I really believe in using our energy to change the world and yeah. really have an impact in this lifetime and to make it a better place. And so that was actually my number one, which was to use energy, your energy to personally have a large impact on the life around us and the world, on you know, around us and the ripple effect that we can have.
1: Yeah, totally. So Talk to me about energy. Like how do you create, do you create your own energy? Do you use energy? How do you create the energy that you can share?
0: Um, I think energy is something that's hard to explain, um, but it's also very different for everybody. And so since I was a teenager, I've definitely felt a form of connection and my connection comes through music and through sound. Um, and I have very selective hearing. <laughs> okay, I've got some pretty cool stories about hearing things that nobody else could hear, um, not in a witchy kind of way, but in a way that just knowing, you know, there's that inner knowing and they say some people have senses, some people uh, see things and all that sort of thing. But for me, it's sound and music and message through words for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah so you can hear tone and hear the way something's being said or and or sung or the music sounds and the energy it produces. Is that sort of what you mean?
0: Uh, I actually literally get messages. Like if I need an answer to oh, wow. something, I can, I can get it in, in a song instantly almost. It's so strange. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had an experience. I remember when I was younger living at my parents and I could hear someone calling out for help. And I was so adamant that someone was needing help. And it was, it was about 10 o'clock at night, pitch black. And I said to my dad at the time, I said, there's someone, someone needs our help. We have to go and look. And he's yeah. like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I can hear them. Anyway, we did find someone down the road. Um, I don't know how I heard them, but I must've known through the sound that I you know, get these messages, but um, it was an old man on his fallen on his lawn and he was calling for help. Oh, so wow. I, it was, yeah, so I have really, I guess um, heightened sound as well to some yeah. degree. Um, And I just knew in my body that someone needed me. And so there's been a lot of weird experience. I get goosebumps just talking about it now, but a lot of weird experiences in my life that um, I believe have power and energy. So I always believe there is something higher, whatever that is to the individual. For Mm. me, um, it's a universal energy God source. It's all the same to me. There's something higher that we can tune into.
1: Yeah, totally. No, So do you do anything else that, so is that just a natural energy that happens or do you do anything the, like through nutrition or exercise or anything else to to create energy or transfer energy like you're talking about there?
0: Uh, I don't really do anything in particular to make that happen. I do live a very holistic life uh, and I believe that definitely has an impact. We're all in tune, but whether we have access to that easily or not, I think comes down to how much you work with it. Um I think alcohol inhibits it. I think um, any sort of stimulants and things like that. So having a really healthy diet can really help. Um, I do a lot of journaling. Journaling's my thing. So I feel like I get a lot through that. I've always read cards since I was about 16. Um, as I said, I'm not, I'm not the typical witch. <laughs> but right. there is that inner hippie within me that connects back and knows that's my truth and that I'm here to share that with others. And I can read cards and things like that. But I think for me, it's journaling. Some people really love meditation. For me, it's journaling and music. Music's always my soul's you know, connection point for sure.
1: Yeah, maybe it's a Gemini thing. I'm a journaler as well, so
0: there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe
1: so even this morning, I was I was feeling really flustered. This morning, I've um, you know I woke up and I've committed to a bunch of different things, and I was like, oh my god, I'm feeling really flustered, feeling a bit overwhelmed at the moment. Wow. And so went uh, cancelled my first meeting, and I said it was, and I said, look, I've got to sit down. I've just got to process what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I was able to sit down and just work through journaling that problem and then called a few people delegated some stuff out and then feeling good again
0: yeah awesome (laughs) there's there's a lot of weird energy around at the moment though if you're into that so you might be feeling that a lot of people i know and myself included there's a lot of stuff going on celestial at the moment so yeah
1: well i didn't sleep like much last week and then um yeah definitely feeling and felt quite tired yesterday and i was talking to some people at a party last night um around Uh, everyone feeling tired at the moment it was Mm. was quite interesting yeah and they were saying the same thing yeah yeah cool Can, can you talk to me about your journaling like how do you how do you go about journaling how do you how do you structure it how does it help you those sort of things yeah
0: uh i think journaling depending on the intention behind what you're journaling will determine on how you journal so for me with my private clients Uh, I work with a lot of business clients or women who are creating businesses in the online space. And so a lot of them have mindset issues or money mindset issues and things like that. So we do a lot of journaling around that sort of thing. And so it's, there's a form of journaling I call flow journaling. Um, I don't know what other people call it. It's probably similar in some ways that all journaling is, but the flow journaling is about calling into the now or writing into your reality what it is that you're working towards creating. So it's a form of manifestation. So you're literally literally writing what it is that you're hoping to achieve. So, you know, as I wake up in the morning and I'm having my coffee and I've got, you know, my full books of clients, I feel so incredibly grateful, you know, that kind of thing as if it's actually happening right now. So I teach my clients to flow journal Mm. a lot. Then you've got your purging and your journaling around, you know, like you shared, you just did this morning to deal with a problem, to actually process what's going on inside your mind. Because when we speak into, you know, words or form, we're able to understand things a bit better or heal things to some degree. So it really depends on what you're looking for when it comes to journaling, because journal prompts are really powerful too. So if you're looking for clarity on certain things, you might follow a few prompts or It really depends. For me personally, I do a lot of flow journaling. um, And then if I feel something or need something like you shared, I'll do that style as well. But flow journaling is probably my ultimate.
1: Yeah, I'm a big advocate of that as well. One of my uh, teachings as well when it comes to goal setting is to journal from five years from today or two years or three years or whatever it is in the future anyway. Mm -hmm. And to sit there and to feel that and be there and yep. and talk about all the things that have already happened. And it's almost like a contract to yourself, isn't it? It's like, it's like if it doesn't happen that way, you sort of feel no,
0: <laughs> let <not> down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I get my clients to do and members is, um, A 30-day, like write yourself a letter at the start of the month um, as if you're receiving it at the end of the month from the month that's just been. So what has happened in the past 30 days? And then that's almost like a manifestation as well. So you write that, seal that, and then reopen it at the end of the month. And that's a monthly kind of thing that you can do that's really powerful because it really is. It's about creating your reality with your mindset and your thoughts and your visions and things like that. Just like a vision board, journaling can be just as powerful in words.
1: Yeah. I have a testimonial to that if you'd like to hear it.
0: Yeah, go for it. Share. I,
1: um, when I was 22, I heard about this. I can't remember. I had a little mastermind group with my friends, just my closest friends at the time. And we the friends that were in business. And uh, I remember we all said, let's go and write a, a letter to ourselves five years from now. And we went off and this is the first time I ever did it. And this is why I teach it now. But I went to the beach and I sat at the beach and I was looking over the ocean and I was sitting there um, just feeling like it's the future. This is all the things that have happened. And I said things like, you know, I've had a, I've been married, I got married two years ago. I was 27 um, when I wrote it, like wrote it in my journal. I said, you know, I got married two years ago to my wife. Um, We've just had our, um, our kid. Um, and I was 27. And I said, the business is going great. Like, I'm, I'm removed from it. I'm, I'm under management, all these things, right? I said all these different, massive, huge things for a 22 year old, say. And um, I uh, got to the, t- uh, I think I was like 28 or 29. I forgot I wrote it. And I found it. I That's found the so letter. <laughs> and I read it. And it said, those things that I said and I also said things about my friend, which is really interesting. I said like my friends doing this and the different people out in my group were doing these other things. All the things that I said that I would do got done. The things that I said they would do didn't get done like by them. So this is pretty powerful in itself yeah. because they didn't write the letter I did. Right. Um, so I had high hopes for them, but they they didn't do the manifestation the same way I did for myself Anyway, guess how old i was when i got married
0: the age you said in the letter
1: yeah i was 25 and one week wow like seven days after my birthday guess how old i was when i had my first daughter grace
0: two years later
1: <laughs> 27 and 10 days
0: wow that's so cool i love that story
1: <laughs> it's fun out eh? yeah Such a
0: powerful powerful story and it i look back at all the vision boards i've had i had a vision board on the back of my door as i think i got into the secret when i was 19 so you know 16 years ago now it's so crazy but um the law of attraction you know that was the first experience for me into the personal development space and i had a vision board on the back of my door and i wanted to live in queensland and i wanted to do all these things because i grew up in sydney and I live here. I live out the exact even like all the little minor details of what I wanted to achieve has happened It's crazy except for the relationship and marriage and babies for some reason that just hasn't happened yet But my time is hasn't been so yeah. <laughs> Or I'm just screwing up that manifestation
1: yeah. Oh, Some yeah a bunch of things that yeah. I said didn't happen as well, but <laughs> But um, <laughs> awesome. Cool and uh, coming back to the journaling do you journal in first person or third person?
0: um It's funny you ask that because most of the time if I'm flow journaling, it's me writing, but in the future. But there's been times when I've had stuff downloaded come through Mm -hmm. and it's been to me in some sense of what I need to do. Yeah. Um so intentionally I will write as if it's from myself, yes. But then if I'm if I'm doing something and something like I've had a I had a Reiki session just recently with a girlfriend of mine who's amazing in South Africa, distance healing, never had one before and I was a bit skeptical. I've had so many healings, but not distant. Anyway, she was she blew my mind. It was amazing. But after that, I wrote in third person about four pages. To me, and that was pretty pretty crazy experience because it was not me, but it was it yeah. was me. <laughs> yeah.
1: That makes cool, yeah. I I write usually in third person. I don't know. I feel like it's um, it detaches you from you, so you can be mm-hmm. critical at yourself. You mm-hmm. know, as, as me, I'm I'm I don't like to admit when I'm wrong. Like I I force myself to admit I'm wrong by writing in third person. So. I'm the sort of person, my whole life, I've always been like, from the outside looking in, I'm sweet, like everything's great, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform well and do everything right, Mm -hmm. so I have to be hypercritical to myself, and the only way I can do that is to disconnect and look at myself from above, and talk to myself that way and really helps yeah
0: yeah i love that that's really cool and again it comes back to that personalization so everybody has their own way of doing things or experiencing a similar thing so that's really cool you found that that works for you
1: yeah tell me about reiki from a distance she said was that online
0: Yeah. yeah so she's she's actually an aussie but she her partner is south african so she lives over there but It was just, she's done ayahuasca. She's done the work. She's been in a dark cave. She's been, you might have to talk to her next. um, (laughs) Done like fasting, all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, And so she was actually a client of mine uh, last year, but we became quite good friends afterwards. But she just blew my mind. Like I changed. Like two weeks after that, I felt completely different, just in different areas of my life. But she just works from over there on you energetically and you're laying on your bed listening to music candles on whatever it might be and that's it it's you don't really do anything at all it's just the experience wow. of that transparency energy yeah
1: yeah my my wife's mum does reiki and oh, awesome. uh, yeah she's learning it and perfecting that at the moment it's amazing. So, so um can you tell me uh, like with reiki what is that experience like because i i've only had a little bit done but i haven't you know i'm interested but i haven't got to experience the full experience yet?
0: I think it depends again on intention. Everything needs to be intentional. So if you go in with the intention to receive whatever it is that you need to receive, whatever comes up, it comes down to the healer as well. I believe if the healer is well rehearsed, I guess, in what they're doing, they will find the stuff that needs healing. They'll see within you what's there. So she saw a lot of stuff. She healed a lot of different things. There was things that came up that she worked on that, I couldn't have told her about that she knew, which was quite cool as well. And then you just feel incredibly tired afterwards, a little bit emotional for a couple of days. And then you sort of had this newfound energy, I suppose you'd say, uh, which is really powerful. So it is, it's just... It's like when we look after our nutrition, our, our movement in the body, like we've got to look after the mind, body and spirit and energy healing does that. Energy healing helps remove any stuck energy, any traumas, anything that's kind of not being moved because we're not working on it or we don't know it's there blocking us. So I really feel when we are living holistically, we need to look at our mind, body and spirit. And I feel energy work with the right person can really help you unblock things that are keeping you stuck.
1: Yeah. So what are some of the things people might be feeling that would they could benefit from something like Reiki?
0: Mm, you don't actually feel anything physically when you're having it. But I mean, something that may be going on, there could be, it could be relationship stuff. It could be limiting beliefs around, you know, self-worth, money blocks, uh, inner child stuff that you haven't healed, that's playing out in your you know current life. Anything, like anything and everything can really come up in that. My grandma was in the first experience I had. I've had a couple of sessions with Belle now, but she was there just Speaking at Bell, which is just amazing, and it's her birthday today. And first birthday without her, and we shared birthdays our whole life together. So um, very special. My grandma was very spiritual as well, um, yeah. and she was in the first Reiki session. And so Bell just told me what she shared, and it was very relevant to what I'd been thinking about at that time. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. It's hard to explain. I just say find someone that aligns with you and is really good at what they do, and just have the experience
1: yeah that's so spun out eh? I've got to. I've got to give it a go like prop, properly. yeah because totally. you hear these stories of these things happening and you're just like what how's that happen and mm-hmm. yeah it's so many people swear by it so many people experiencing it and you know yeah. if that's if you got these people you, but like you said you have to believe it's going to work as well you know
0: yeah but, and you have to find someone it's like anything you know personal trainers coaches uh dietitians whatever the person is you want to find someone that's good at what they do it's the same thing it's in any industry you want to find the the best person you can for the job
1: yeah i agree i always seek out the best of the best (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: awesome.
1: cool so so it sounds like you're right into your personal development and always looking for ways to improve like how did you get into that like go way back like how does how's that even (laughs) how's that mindset developed over time would you say
0: uh, I just became obsessed, you know, and then as a coach, I've been in the coaching space for 12 years now. So it's like an addiction, I think. But it all started when I was um, 19, I think I was, or was I like 20, almost been around that age. And a girlfriend of mine gave me a, a CD that I listened to on my Discman. <laughs> That's how long ago it was, um, of The Secret. So you've heard of The Secret?
1: Yep. I, have. yeah, so- I haven't read it though. My wife has.
0: Yeah. Well, it was my first experience. I always had, I had coaches before then cause I was doing modeling and I wanted to have a greater, greater body for that. But when it came to the mindset piece, it wasn't until she gave me that CD and said, you've got to listen to this. It's next level. I'm pretty sure it was when the secret just came out. It was very, it was like 2004 or five or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I must've been about 20 Uh, And it was just about your thoughts, um, you know, your thoughts create your reality, like attracts like, you know, so I started to think more about that concept and how, you know, we used to play games with like attracting parking spots in the car and just weird stuff like, I can't even think what else we used to do, but there was just this everything we thought about, we we were very conscious about what we were thinking about from a positive mindset. And so that's where it began. And when I started to see things manifest in my life, you know, come to form from that experience, I thought this stuff is so cool. Yeah, Yeah. So You know, and it was just from there that I just became obsessed with learning, you know, reading books and working with coaches and experiencing life beyond that normal sort of sense. And, I just don't want to be here and not live to that fullest potential or more. You know, I just look at people that are living mediocre lives and no judgment whatsoever, if that's making you happy, but I don't feel like it is. A lot of people aren't happy and truly content, you know, with their life. And so for me, it was like, how do I be more? How do I give more? How do I become more? And so the obsession was just there. And then it played out in different ways in different experiences.
1: Yeah. It's a couple of, uh, things i want to touch on there uh, especially so you're talking about living a conscious life can we talk about that because i feel like um you need to understand like that comes back to understanding that you're not very happy as well isn't it it's like you gotta not you gotta be critical of yourself enough to be honest so that you can make the changes necessary it's Is hard. that? T-
0: yeah, it is hard, it? <laughs> it's hard you know and i was saying that one of my points yesterday was you get in life what you have courage to ask for and so we really it takes a lot to be conscious and say this isn't right for me or this isn't working or i need to change this or i need to look at why i'm behaving this way it takes a lot of courage to do that, right? Bravery to do that, and strength. And I think um, over the years, I've had so many different experiences that have taught me to look deeper or to want to be better than what I experienced or have in my life. And consciously, you really—it's—it's it's an active daily thing. You know, it's a practice. It's not something where you just wake up and go, "Oh, I'm feeling really conscious today." <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's um, it's something you have to work on daily because I get caught up in life, and then I'm like, oh, I haven't done my practice this week. Oh, maybe that's why I've been feeling this way.
1: Yeah, so it's just being aware of the things that when you feel a certain way, uh, or even the processes that you need to go through, or the steps to to come back to your baseline. Is that is that right?
0: I think we've. <sighs> I mean, there's so much in that, but it's more about knowing your core values, knowing who you truly are as a person, knowing what lights you up, what excites you Mm. getting connected to yourself and what feels good and energetically in the body. Like our body doesn't lie. We can feel everything, you know, but it's our minds that come and justify what's going on. And so we know in our heart or gut, depending, you know, how you believe it, long before any, anything else comes in and our mind will try and play tricks on you to stay where you are, you know, and it'll talk you out of it and things like that. We can feel everything. You'll know if you're not happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the thing. Like we, we constantly trick ourselves and, and, you know, tell ourselves lies to make ourselves temporarily feel better. Mm-hmm. Pushing down the real pain, um, which I'd love to talk on next is... Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself putting a lot of pressure on yourself to grow when sometimes you just need to sit with the way you're feeling?
0: <laughs> sometimes you just need to stay still, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to achieve for sure. I think I always have. Um, gosh, we can go down a really long rabbit hole for that. But um, I guess it comes back to not feeling good enough. We all have a childhood wound and mine was not being enough so I overachieved and was trying to be the best at everything and that's why I was the best model the best fitness model the best coach the best like I had to be the best at everything I did because I wanted to prove myself um, in my family because I had a beautiful upbringing my parents are amazing still madly in love but my sister wasn't well and so I was always trying to get approval and attention because the attention was always on my sister and so for me that played out in a sense of not feeling enough even though You know, I was, but as a child in my mind, I wasn't enough. And that was the childhood wound I say that I took, you know, with me through life. But it's helped me achieve greatness because of that. So, you know, I'm always wanting to evolve for myself, but also for my clients. You know, the better I can be, the better my clients' experience can be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When was the first time that you you experienced that? um, Understanding that the way that your upbringing was impacting your behavior today
0: i think i was in my 20s because i remember saying to my mum, i'm so sorry for the way i was as a teenager and the way i behaved and all that sort of stuff there was this period through my 20s that it was like a light bulb moment where i was just like oh i get it now like yeah this is why i behaved that way this is why I, you know and i was somewhat embarrassed by my disruptiveness as a t- teenager you know mm. and I felt a great sense of needing to be apologetic to my parents because of that because they held so much space for me but I was just so rebellious against things you know but I became who I am because of all the things that I have experienced right yeah. so but it was definitely I think you know years of growth through my 20s and when I started to unpack after fitness modeling and the depression and things that I went through then I really started to look at my life and go oh okay these are things are playing out in different ways um so yeah it was probably through my mid-20s
1: so when you found that out we you, did you feel you're getting like anxiety and depression first and then worked through it and realized and then you were able to come out of that or was it something that you realized and then went was feeling that, or combination of the both? The
0: depression, or the realization of like what had gone on, or where I was at. Do you mean like where does the depression start? Or? Yeah.
1: When did when did you start feeling the depression?
0: Uh, it was definitely when I'd been fitness modeling for about three and a half years, and I was at a point where I dieted so much. I was about nine percent body fat, which is crazy for a female. Oh wow, Yeah. I was obsessed like I was so obsessed with the achieving side of it but even on top of that bodybuilding in itself is an obsession so you know me being a very high achiever and wanting to be the best plus the obsession and being surrounded by that it just came to a head it was like this isn't who I am or who my soul is Mm. so my identity had become this image and physical form whereas if you know you know your soul craves more than that craves more than you know a physical body or materialistic thing so internally i obviously wasn't happy and so there was a moment where i just i actually remember the single moment i sat in a car and i ate two giant blocks of marvelous chocolate in the Woolworths car park. And I'm not kidding. These blocks of chocolate were like this big. Eat. Like I'm not joking. And I rang my coach and I was like, this is what I've done. And he's like, you've got to stop. Like you're out of control now. The binging was beginning. There was a lot of mindset stuff when I was waking up. Yeah. My abs weren't, you know, small enough, tight enough, big enough. Like there was all this. It was just such a warped perception of life. And yeah. so stopping that then gave me this experience of who the f am I now like my my identity was me as a body so it was just this experience of going okay I I don't know who I am without this so then I went on this I remember waking up six months later. That's how all I can remember. It was this this experience of being in this black hole. Mm. And I came out of it and was like, okay, I've really got to do something about this now. You know, there's something going on that's not right. And that's when I went on a journey to, because the depression is this dark place that you just can't, there's no words for it. You don't even understand what's going on. You don't even, I didn't even realize what was happening. And that's so why I say six months later, I was like, Oh, this is, this is who I am now. Mm. So then I went on a journey and that was like meditation, yoga, holistic health. I studied nutritional science. Like I completely did a 180 from what I was doing and flipped it into being, becoming holistic. I actually went from a bodybuilder to a hippie, <laughs> no. one extreme to the next. And so in that process, I learned so much about myself and I came back to the truth of who I was because obviously as a teenager, my early you know, 20s, I was doing all the personal growth and spiritual work. So it was like I went a bit off course in the fitness world and then I came back into alignment and then that sort of propelled where I am today.
1: Yeah. Did you, did you find yourself um, using anything to get through that period, like drinking or anything? It was just a dark, you were just sober at the time and yeah. feeling that darkness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was sober. Um, And I used, I did a lot of beach walking, a lot of ocean walking, a lot of meditation stuff. Like, just tried to really connect, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. And I still have moments of like dropping into darkness. And I think that's just who I am and I will always have that. Um, I had an experience as a teenager in the same kind of space. So it's kind of always been there. So if I can get into a place of deep trauma, I can fall back into that. And you know, I speak openly about this. I work with charities around this stuff. Um, You know, I was in a very toxic relationship for a couple of years that I left last year. And it was very narcissistic and it caused the same kind of experience within me, but I have more tools now. I am also there's an awareness when things start to happen and I start to see and I can kind of guide myself a bit more now that I've had more experience.
1: Yeah. I guess that's part of being conscious, isn't it? As realizing that this is happening now, even, even me this morning, like realizing, Hey, wait, you need to cancel some things and you need to, you need to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome that you've gone through that journey. Would you say during your fitness model period, would you say you weren't conscious then?
0: I think all I could see was just achieving this body that was just unattainable for long term, you know? And it's, that is all I did. You know, I slept four or five hours. I'd be in the gym at 3.30. I'd train my clients and train twice a day that day. And then I'd repeat, if I didn't eat at the right time, I was angry. Like it was just, complete tunnel vision. So I just think that I lost who I was in a spiritual sense. It just got put on hold.
1: Yeah. I think everyone sort of goes through that journey, don't they? Like at some point, whether they do realize it or not, you're sort of in this, uh, it's almost like a warp, a time warp. And it's, <laughs> and you don't know, it's, it is like a period of time where you're just going through the motion and um, yeah, coming to realization of that. And I think it's really important that people to start to ask themselves that, you know, are we, am I really happy doing what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your opinion on that? And what would you say to people that might be feeling like, what were you feeling at that point? What, what helped you realize that this isn't good apart from the chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what, Though I just think it's such a, I mean, I have a love, hate passion for the fitness industry still, and I still love training so much. However, it's a much healthier relationship now. Yeah. Um, but I think it's all ego. It's all driven by the ego, right? And that's the flip side of being conscious is living in your ego. And so Mm -hmm. I feel without darkness, we don't experience the light without the sadness. We don't experience the happiness. And so without that experience in my ego fully, I wouldn't be the light conscious being that I am today to the extent that I am without that experience. So I have Mm -hmm. utmost gratitude for that. But I think you got to look at why you do what you do or the, what is it, you know, the relationship you're in, why are you in that relationship? Why are you doing that work you're doing? Like, and come back to is it the truth of who you are? Are you really connected to that? Does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel aligned? Being conscious is hard if I'm going to say that. <laughs> I don't want to swear, but because you see things and you know things, but it's that courage to take the step to move through or change what it is that you see because it sucks sometimes because you see things so differently and so clearly that you're like, Oh, why do I see this for, can't I just be a normal person? Yeah. yeah, So, you know, I think it's about being real with yourself and asking some really good quality questions around, am I truly happy doing this? Does it make me feel light? Does it make me feel energized? Do I feel passionate about this? Do I wake up with, you know, motivation naturally there? And if you don't, then you really want to look at what's going on or why you're doing what you're doing. And is it to, you know, appease others or get the approval of others or, you know, from an ego standpoint, you know, with, fitness modeling that's a big ego everything about that is about if my body didn't look good enough i didn't feel good enough like that's ego right because the person i am inside doesn't matter what my meat sack is doing (laughs) yeah
1: yeah. (laughs) the body i'm in (laughs) that's
0: right it's just the temple that you take care of but when you're so fixated on how that looks you forget the internal world
1: yeah totally so with with your um With all of those things that you just said, it it seems like you've got a really good understanding of what you need to do to figure out what's going on with yourself. Could we, and to maintain this like healthy equilibrium or uh, homeostasis or whatever you want to call it? uh, What would you, what are some of the things that, or hacks or, you know, tips or anything like that, that you can suggest for people who may be feeling something similar um, or just want to have a good routine or a good habit? to follow each day? What are some of those things for you?
0: I think routine is everything, right? And having good habits, because what is it like 80% of what we do is a habitual thing. And so I think having good habits helps us stay in our truth. Um, Having something for the mind, something for the body, something for the uh, spirit as well. Fitness and food is number one. For me, health is my highest priority. Yeah. And it's nurturing my body with good quality food because we all know how it feels when I haven't had a hangover in like seven years, but we, we all know what it feels like if we drink too much alcohol or we have too much coffee or we don't eat well and we get dehydrated. Like these are all our body signals, right? So tuning into the body, even like something that could be quite simple for people to do is a body scan. How am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling it? Why am I feeling that? And where did it come from? You know, because Mm -hmm. our bodies are our greatest teachers. And so whatever is going on internally, we can ask those questions and tap into what's missing. Like, why have I got a headache? Why, you know, it drives me mental that people take a Panadol as soon as they get a headache. I'm like, there's something happening here. There's
1: a reason you got a headache. Yeah. There's a symptom
0: from something. What is it? Why is it that you, you know, you have that headache. Is it because you didn't drink enough water today? Is it because for me, like if I'm trying to process something, my head feels like it's going to explode, but it's because my mind is trying so hard to, to deal with what's going on. So I'm not going to take a Panadol to deal with my mind (laughs) just because I've got a headache. So I think, Finding something that allows you to tap back into your body and connect back to our bodies because we're so disconnected even though we're so connected in in our world right now. So body scanning is probably the most powerful thing. Sitting in silence with yourself, not listening to music, not playing on your phone, not listening to a guided meditation, sitting in silence and connecting back to who you are. That's where the magic is. And then writing stuff out, purging stuff out.
1: Yeah, would purging come so would you sit for say 10 minutes or however long it takes to, you know, sit with yourself and feel those things and then would you purge into a journal or something like that? Like we've been talking yeah, about.
0: Yeah, so good question. So the way meditation works in my my understanding and what I've taught myself from over the years is we have a channel through our body which connects us to the source or the universal power. And over time, just like a poo pipe, (laughs) we get blocked up, right, internally. And so every time you meditate, you're clearing that pipe and allowing that space to, I guess, bring down the goodness, the nutrition, Mm. you know, it's not blocked anymore. And what I see with meditation is that, and I'm no means some good goddess at meditation. It's something I find quite challenging, but I use it when I need it. But when you do practice meditation or any form of spiritual practice, you clear that pipeway to allow messages and connection to our true self. And so what I see is that people don't spend long enough in that moment. They might go two minutes. It's like that two minutes hasn't cleared enough of that pipe out yet, you know? So sit yeah. with yourself for five or ten minutes daily till you feel like you're clearing that and you can actually find that centered piece because people don't do it long enough to connect. So allow yourself enough time to get to that connection point and then purging purging. I think is best written and then screwed up or burnt or something like that and gotten rid of straight away. But purging it allows us to release whatever's inside of us. that doesn't belong there.
1: Yeah. I used to do a process called anger letters. So it would just oh, be cool. writing really aggressively because I, I used to never admit I was angry. So, or any, any other feeling that wasn't good like you know all the best yeah same but um I wouldn't admit that like I wouldn't admit I was sad I wouldn't admit I was angry I wouldn't admit all these things and over time I got so blocked up I got Mm -hmm. so so blocked and um I couldn't even I didn't even know I was so angry um some of the listeners might have heard this in the past but yes I went worked with this person and they they were saying You're really angry, aren't you? And I was at the time. I wasn't angry. I was like, I'm like, I'm not angry. Like, look, I'm not, I'm not angry. And she's like, uh, Yeah, you are. And anyway, a month went past or a week or whatever it was, and came back and sat down and we did a few more. And 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 I was like, I'm so angry. I'm angry at this. I'm angry at that. Yes, I love it. Finally, started coming up. And then it was like months of like just anger coming out. It wasn't like it wasn't just identifying the anger and it came out. It was like stuff I was holding onto from five years ago I was arguing with my wife about she's like that's not happening anymore what are you talking about that was like five years ago so um yeah it's crazy what you're inside
0: yeah and so many of us do because we have so many childhood wounds and traumas that we've never processed even though we feel fine or nothing's wrong with me
1: yeah
0: it's 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 there unless you get rid of it
1: yeah yeah totally so with um so You've also, so that's the meditation. I think people, if you want to go see this, is that the shru- chakras that you're yeah. talking about? And yeah. there's an image online, you'll be able to see it and you have a look and it's all the different stones at different points throughout your spine and down the bottom. But yeah, clearing I all, think of it all of those. As areas.
0: a channel, like it's a channel, it's a pipe internally to your heart center that connects to the universe. You know, that you don't even have to think about the chakra points, but of course that's where they are. But yeah. just remembering that, we have this connection to above and that by clearing that we are able to get messages and connect deeper.
1: Yeah. Cool. So with your health and nutrition and food, you're saying that's like one of the most important things. Mm-hmm. So what are some philosophies that you follow around food? Cause one of the things I truly believe this as well. And another thing that frustrates me when I talk to people is like when they eat food and then they like, I always get so tired after I eat. It's like, you shouldn't get tired after you eat. You should feel energetic after you eat. Not tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's so much there. Um, I studied health coaching and nutritional science, and was obsessed, and still obsessed. Like on the weekend, I watched um, Fantastic Fungi. If you haven't seen it, it's a documentary. Oh my god, it's next level! Because um, yeah, right. microdosing with mushrooms is incredibly powerful for different traumatic experiences and things like that. So I'm very curious about how that is being played out in the world at the moment, um, mm. like psychedelic mushrooms. And so the obsession with science and understanding food science is still definitely deep within me, um, and I think the thing that people forget is it's not just something you put in your mouth and it comes out the other end it, it has like living organisms. it has like you know micronutrients macronutrients it has so much fuel in it for our bodies and our brains and our our minds and all the things and so people that are disconnected again to the body don't necessarily even realize why they're feeling tired or what the connection point is. They may be eating the same thing, but I'm just always tired. Don't know why, but it's the same food that's affecting them in that sense. Or it's the same thing that's giving them bloating or giving them headaches. And Mm. I think again, it comes back to tuning into the body. The body is our, our answers to everything. It signals everything. And so for me, I eat probably 80% plant-based. I still eat uh, some form of meat, but it's usually organic if I have the choice there. Um, and I'll eat seafood and things like that. But I'm always making sure I eat lots of colors. I have usually have a smoothie every day, lots of greens. I love nutritional support products and things depending on what's going on, adaptogenic herbs and things like that. Um, I'm not a big fan of supplements to say like I was when I was in the fitness industry, that's for sure. Um, but just, yeah, I didn't really do a lot of pre-workouts. I did have a really bad experience with one, um, back then and it really affected me mentally. So i never took them after that. Um, but I just can't stand things that are chemically laden that people are putting in their bodies and their minds thinking that it's okay. You know, these numbers and things, it's just to me it's such a crazy concept that we would eat something that's not natural that's how much i'm connected to it now
1: yeah I've, i i'm a similar thing like if if it's in a packet mm-hmm. if it's been you know put into a packet and there's preservatives in there to be stored on a shelf for as long yes. as it needs to be stored then there's something not right about that food food needs to go off naturally and it you know if it's been made you know to be stored i feel like that's a problem like if it's yeah. If it's fresh food and it's made from real ingredients, then that's a good meal, you know?
0: Yeah. And it stays in your body just as long as it stays on the shelf.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You know, food
0: can be medicine, but it can also be poison just because someone else says it's good for you or someone else has a great experience eating it. It might be poison to you. You know, you might be celiac, you might have some sort of intolerance to dairy. So just because someone else says it's good for you doesn't mean it's necessarily right for you. And I think when it comes to nutrition, it's always coming back to yourself again, tuning into the body, the body has all the answers. So if you don't feel good, Try something else. Implement something else. But also I find that people either eat way too much or not enough food and they don't drink enough water.
1: Yeah, totally. you know? and,
0: and so making sure you're always eating lots of colored food, lots of different macronutrients, and then water should be your number one priority.
1: Yeah. You, have you ever uh, experimented with fasting?
0: Uh, little bits, um, more so intermittent fasting. I've never done like a you know, five-day, seven-day water fast or anything like that. Uh, I've done some juice fasting. For me, intermittent fasting is good. Um, if I have, like say yesterday, I had a big lunch and a bit of alcohol and things like that, I might fast the next morning till lunchtime, let my body process all the food, the you know, high fat foods and different things. Uh, and then I'll start eating normally again. I don't, you know, I dieted for such a long time. And so I'm very conscious of just filling my body with the right nutrients and the right things it needs and listening to it. So if I feel like I overate, then I'll, I'll pull back and then continue on after that.
1: Yeah. What I love about intermittent fasting or time-restricted eating is that that first meal you have is an opportunity to feel the effects of that food you're putting in your body. Mm-hmm. So. So you are able to sit with that feeling after. And if you feel tired at all or headache or, you know, you get a pasty mouth or whatever the feelings are go go diarrhea from the toilet, whatever, like <laughs> whatever that reaction is, that's a signal to you that this something in that food mm-hmm. has caused you to feel that way. So this okay. is where for anyone that's listening, this is the way I follow my eating and I've just finished a five day water fast.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah, so water cool. only. Just had um, salt and magnesium. But yeah. the same thing happened on a very higher level when you reintroduce food. You get an opportunity to really assess, is this the food I want to be putting in my body? Because everyone, like you said, will react differently to every sort of food there is. So it's up to you to put in the time and to be conscious enough to feel post-meal how you're mm-hmm. feeling. If you feel more energetic than before you ate it, that's a good thing. You feel the same. That's still good. If you feel bad, that's a problem. So try and work out what those foods are, and it could be water as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a meal and think it's the food, but then they haven't had any. It's a like a it sucks all the electrolytes and the water out of your system, and and you're actually feeling dehydration, which is another thing.
0: Yeah, I think it's um it's handy to do a food mood diary. a couple of days and just analyze how you feel after you eat or when you drink something how does it make you feel you know is coffee making you tired is it giving you a buzz is it you know all, all the different things do you get bloated from some particular thing and then remove them and slowly reintroduce things on a small scale you know if something you want to remove something, bring it in for a couple of days and see how that goes. Don't bring everything back in at the same time, but yeah. you know, you can try that for sure. It, Our bodies are just the most clever things, you know, and teach us everything we need to know if we just took the time to listen.
1: Yeah. I think also a good experiment you could do if anyone's getting intrigued by this conversation, I love talking about this um, is, uh, is just eat one eat ingredient. Like a lot of people think they have to make a meal and push everything together and eat the whole meal as, like just eat one thing, and then feel what that like eat eat a, so People think it's so weird that I eat a capsicum or a cucumber or a tomato or whatever it is, not in a salad. It's oh, like on its own? You walk oh like around that's with it? a capsicum. I'm just eating it like a capsicum. Like it's
0: that's so good. Capsicums are so delicious. They're just so fresh. I, yeah. I had some before actually, and they're just so nice to have on their own. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> with you.
1: Some people <laughs> are just like, "What people. are you doing?" I can't believe you're eating a capsicum by itself. (laughs) What are you doing?
0: So bizarre. (laughs) That's funny.
1: So so good. So uh, cool. So you've gone through these different things in your life. Can you tell me a little bit about how the fit, I'm really intrigued to hear about the fitness model industry and, you know, how you structured your weeks during that and how you feel you could have done it differently to maybe make it healthy, if that's even possible.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good. Question. I, I think for me, it comes back to me and the age that I was when I was doing that. I think I was still learning who I was, and I probably didn't have the. I definitely didn't have the awareness and understanding I have now. And if I was to do it now, it would be a totally different experience for sure. Um, So, I think being 26 years old, you know, quite attractive, doing modeling, like doing all that stuff and being in that space, there was just this this ego in me that hadn't, um, I guess, grown or evolved or matured, let's say, yet. So, I probably just fell into it and was loving every bit of the attention and experience. And I probably didn't love who I truly was either on a core level. So I was being fed by outside voids. So that probably definitely played a big role. So I probably couldn't have done it differently then, but if I did it now, it would be a different experience. My weeks though were like, (laughs) out of control. I saw about 55 clients of my own at the capacity, which was insane Um, in a gym. I worked in a big city gym in Sydney and I comp prepped girls for shows, I like for photo shoots. So I was doing all that kind of stuff. I was prepping as well as prepping other people. Um, I had a coach. I trained two to three times a day some days. I slept three, four, five hours some nights. Like it was, it was the most insane experience. However, what I gained from that was my resilience, my strength, my capacity to overachieve when I dedicate my whole being to something. And so, my resilience is there. And my, um, I guess for me, the high sense of achievement when I committed—you know—that was really such a powerful lesson to show me what I could achieve if I really put my mind to it. And so, there was a lot of you know, I'd walk for 45 to an hour on a treadmill and I'd be watching YouTube videos with powerful, like affirmations and stories. And cause back then it was, there was no podcast back then. So yeah. for me, it was like YouTube videos on like, um, I'm trying to think who I used to watch all the time. What's his name? Uh, I don't know now. um, he used to say, if you want something as bad as you want to breathe, you like, if you want success as badly as you want to breathe, you'll have it happen. And so I used to just watch these videos to just ingrain my brain to just keep going harder and faster. And, and I, you know, if I missed a training session. I'd make up for it the next day. Like it was just, I knew what I had to do to get to the goal that I had and I didn't let anything get in the way of it. I'd yeah, eat chicken wow. breast in the movies. Like I would like, I was so, I'd eat my meal while I was having a, Physio appointment just because that's the only space I had to do both in before another client. Like it was the <laughs> lifestyle I live was insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, awesome. Oh, that's fun out. So it's it's amazing when you do push yourself to limit what you learn about yourself mm-hmm. as well. Totally. And then, like you said, like it's good to have been there and to come back and then, and realize there's a healthier way yes. as well.
0: Hundred percent. And I think the depression was a gift. You know, I, there was this moment of you've pushed yourself as far as you can go in this space and you're not living out your truth or you're not, you know, these traumatic experiences happen to bring us back on course, right? Yeah. And so that for me was the universe or whatever you believe going, you're done, like stop playing in your ego. You're better than this. You're here for more. You're, you're here to impact lives on a bigger level, great, level, greater scale. Get out of there. And that's when, you know, my true journey began when I really, you know, left there and I started studying holistic health and medicine and nutritional science and health coaching and life coaching and mindset. And, you know, it just, everything I became from that point is who I am today. Not that I have any regrets because everything I learned prior to that and the experience as a fitness model was amazing, you know, and to see what the body can do when you are so committed to eating and training to that capacity is just mind-blowing
1: yeah it's a little bit addictive as well i'm the same with uh my sport and wanting to it's it's good because it is measurement as well you've got something you can measure and i feel you can you can get that as long as you can get that feeling of achievement as long as you're Mm -hmm. measuring i think too many Mm -hmm. people are out there not measuring what they're doing they don't actually know if they're growing or, or dying you know
0: totally and that's for me like I'm quite successful in my work financially. However, money doesn't um it's not my driver my driver is challenge to achieve you know and the sense of so if i'm given a challenge over a money goal i'm going to go for the challenge rather than the goal of money and so for me it was it is it's that sense of every week you've got this achievement this goal to reach this this point where you need to get to to get to the next eight weeks or whatever it might be and so it comes back to knowing that and setting other goals in your life in the same sort of thing
1: yeah that's so good so Um, if, in terms of like, if there's one thing you could say to people who might be feeling a little bit lost, um, what would that message be from you?
0: Uh, it's just connect back to yourself and find a way to do that. And it's just sitting with yourself, being comfortable with yourself and, and really tuning in. We all have the answers within us. And that's one of the things I shared in my 35 lessons is that the, the answers to the questions you have are in here. We truly do know that. And so too often people, they they find white space or, you know, that downtime really hard to be in. Like if you look at people when they go to a cafe, they can't sit there without having their phone in front of their face. They can't just observe what's going on around them or who's coming in the door or who's over there. Like I love watching people because I love taking in my environment and the curiosity of what people are doing. I'm always guessing if people are on dates or if people are doing all these things. and so. For me, I think my message is really just come back to you, not what someone else wants you to be. You know, I think we briefly mentioned to offline about being authentic. And when you're living out of alignment and if you're connected to your truth, you will know that you're out of alignment and what you're doing isn't in the right way or you're going the wrong direction. So I know that doesn't really answer that. It's, I guess it's just creating space for self-care and practice to connect to yourself and that takes time, and maybe it's about you know investing in a mentor or a coach, or you know diving into some personal development, or reading a book, or listening to podcasts to find that way. But again, it comes back to trusting yourself and knowing that you have those answers within you.
1: What about those people that you know that they're not doing so well, and they're not living out their purpose, and they're, but they're a bit delusional uh, in the way that they don't—they're not giving themselves enough time to know that they're not happy and their friends and their family all see it so how can someone in that state of mind understand that you're not going to like my
0: answer (laughs) (laughs) you're not going to like my answer to this question um everybody is on their own journey and sadly we can't really help someone that can't help themselves and that's the, the truth of the situation. We can guide people. We can show people things. We can push them in the right direction. We can give them all the tools. Like you can, you can walk a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. You know? So there's all these, these things you can do, but it's, it's that per- person's soul's journey and mission in this lifetime, and they have to learn the lessons in their own time. Because yeah. if we try and take away the journey from someone, we actually destroy their soul's lessons and growth and so it's like the butterfly story that little boy that finds a butterfly trying to get out of a cocoon and he sees that and he wants to break open the cocoon to help the butterfly you know move out of the cocoon faster but the the actual experience of the cocoon on the butterfly is the strength of the butterfly's wings to allow it to then fly on and have its life so the butterfly actually dies because the wings aren't strong enough to to go and live that life And so when we try and help other people and they're not willing to look at themselves or they're not willing to do the work, you're actually hindering their growth and experience because through those lessons or experiences of dark times or whatever it might be is where the actual true growth happens. So we can only do so much in a sense of guiding people and showing people the way, but they have to take the step. They have to decide and take, you know, make the choice to do the work.
1: I've never heard, I can't believe I've never heard that analogy before. That's such a beautiful analogy about yeah, the butterfly. Yeah. Isn't it?
0: Because yeah. It, it's in the cocoon and, and for it to break that cocoon is the strength that the wings that, mm. you know, grow. So yeah, it's, it's a favorite for sure.
1: Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Was there anything else, Rebecca, before we finish up that you'd like to share?
0: I don't know. We've covered so much. It's been amazing. I, I just looked at the it's time awesome. it's gone so fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's about trusting, coming back to trusting yourself. Like we came into this lifetime and this may be a bit woo woo for some people, but we came here with a mission and we will know what that mission is by the way we feel and how we're connected to our purpose or our, you know, our experience in the world. If you absolutely hate what you do every day or hate your relationship or whatever it might be. There's a message in that. It's not meant to feel like that. It's not, we're not here to have a horrible time the whole time, right? We're here to experience life from a light, you know, light energy. And so also on the flip side of that, remembering everything is happening for you, not to you. And that we can find lessons And gratitude in every painful experience. The pain is there to teach you something and it's to help you evolve and grow in this lifetime. And if we can look at things and perceive things in that form, then we can just keep evolving and keep growing and keep having this incredible life. But it comes back to you and you taking that step and you doing the work because nobody can do it for you.
1: Awesome. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing.
0: No worries.
1: All right. Well, uh, thanks again for your time and really grateful. And I'm sure so many people would have got so much out of this and, and, um, some powerful messages there. I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you
0: so much for having me on. I love talking about this stuff and it's been a little while cause I'm in the business space now. So it's been really great to share some of my thoughts on this.
1: Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right. Stay there. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to cut that short. I've got to I've gotta go. I was like <laughs> I could keep talking about so much here.
0: I just saw the time. I didn't realise how fast that went.
1: Yeah. I was like, I gotta go pick up my son and my daughter from school. But um
0: leave them there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, can I leave no. <laughs> um that was so I feel like we can keep talking about so much. I wanted to talk about your business as well, but we ran Fine. out of time and we could definitely chat again.
0: Part two. <laughs> Part two.
1: And it may be in Byron if you want. Come to yeah, our I
0: didn't perth for some
1: reason yeah my business, my electrical business is in perth right
0: that's where i got
1: that from yeah so response electricians your perth electrician but um it's
0: right, okay that's yeah. so cool you're down in byron i didn't know that's so awesome
1: yeah living in byron now so um oh, so
0: awesome
1: yeah it's awesome here Amazing. but we've got this studio so um there's oh, actually I
0: hear, sure
1: yeah we'll do a live one next time we can dive deeper and hopefully we've got some feedback from the listeners and we can dive into some of the questions and
0: yeah do that for sure and then i'll come down because it's like 50 minutes it's so close and i love byron are you in goldie yeah in palm yeah, cool. beach so I'm on the south end so it's really cool
1: awesome yeah Sweet.
0: it's so good so when does it come out or what do you do how long is your timeline
1: uh within a week it'll be done
0: oh cool. okay and then
1: awesome. we'll start getting some micro content out and we can send it your way as well if you like and you can get yeah, it up on sure. your social yeah
0: Thank you so much for having me on. It was so great to chat. I could have chatted for hours. <laughs>
1: yeah. How was the experience for you? Happy with the everything. Yeah, it, how was it, went?
0: Awesome. yeah it was cool. I, I enjoy it. And it's all stuff I love talking about. Like I shared it. it's it's um it's been a while since I've talked about that stuff, so it's nice.
1: Yeah. It gives awesome. me a little
0: fire in my belly. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, it was really good stuff. Eh? I stoked. Yeah, awesome.
0: Was it good cool. for you? Happy? Yeah,
1: yeah. Awesome. Real high. I love your energy. You remind me of me actually. It must be a Gemini, I think.
0: Totally. It's, yeah. it's a bittersweet experience being in Gemini.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I'll let nice. you go get your kids. But thank you so much, Greg, for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, no worries. Happy to help.
0: Cool. Thank Thanks. you. See you soon.
1: Bye. See ya. <laughs> Got to go. Where'd that file go? Just end that. I think there was a bit of lag on the Ecamm. I don't know if it made